<laughs> Welcome back, Warriors. My name is Rob Wong. And I am Scott Pagliaccio. What's up, Rob? Good to see you, man. Really good to see you. Yeah. Yeah, it's good seeing you again. Uh, and and this, I think, I think like I'm pretty inspired about this episode in particular. Um, so Scott and I were talking earlier about like, as we usually do, like right before the podcast, what do, what do we want to cover off on? What would be the highest value thing for you, the listener right now? And one thing that I've been seeing in Scott lately is that like, he's getting featured on the news. Like people are like hiring him to like train their entire organizations in conflict resolution. Um, he's being sought out as an expert. And I think one of the most powerful skills that we can learn as men or as, as beings in general, right, is how, how to become powerful leaders in our community. How do we become seen as authority figures in something that we want to be seen as an authority in? That's the dream, right? Like have people hunt me down for the thing that I love doing and be like, yo, please help me out. Like I know you're great at this. Mm. And when I look at where Scott was and what he's built when I look at where he is right now, I see that Scott has mastered this skill set. And it's also like baffling to me. Like, I don't know how the fuck he did that. <laughs> I do, I do and I don't, right? And, and so, so I thought that this would be a good opportunity to pick Scott's brain about, well, how do you, how do you get to that place? Um, and I, I'm interested in like what, what you would tell a beginner, like what, what is the first step to like going on that journey? Yeah, thanks for that um, beautiful introduction. And um, yeah, I just wanted to say hi to all the all the listeners. I, I, I think I bypassed that in the beginning. I was really excited about the conversation we had before we pressed record. So what's up, everyone? Um, thanks. And uh, what came to me, Rob, was being vulnerable. Like, what came to me was how did I get to this place when you were when you were doing the intro? And I'm like, uh, I was a fucking mess on my journey from Texas to here. I was lost. I had no idea. I was leaving a place that I, that I had lived for 27 years to come home, thinking in my mind that I was a failure. Um, I had never been away from my children. Um, I had coaching. You coached me. I had a, another friend who helped me. Um, I didn't do this alone. So there was a, there was a lot of uh, people who have been involved in helping me get to this point, uh, you know, you being one of the primary people, and we continue to do this weekly for the last couple of years, man, uh, which has probably been the most important piece, this space for, for us to have these conversations. Uh, and then I think the very first step that I took was, so you and I, men, having vulnerable, challenging conversations with one another, working through conflict together. Like, I think that's been like one of the most important pieces of my success is having your support and challenge and uh, having a space like this, because the first thing I did when I moved here was like, okay, I want to, I don't have a men's group here. And I've been a part of a men's group. So that was the very first thing that I started in Buffalo when I landed was like, okay, what do I need? I need support and I need challenge from other men. Well, how am I, wh where are those people? Um, and it was like, I just turned the finger on to myself and said, you are responsible for creating that in your life. 
because I think we're the, you know, we are creating our lives or we're being thwarted to and fro by our outer circumstances. So what's happening now is I'm consciously creating what I want to happen in my life with the help of men like you, men in the men's group. Um, women have been showing up like as I step more fully into this role of leadership, it starts to just, uh, things are just starting to unfold. So I laid the groundwork and the groundwork was moving and then having support and being vulnerable and being challenged. Yeah. Let me, let me break this down into, I think a little bit more of detail and more my understanding of this. And let's see if that aligns with what you're saying. But one thing that I'm getting is the whole like pain becomes path deal where, hey, where I've suffered in the past is where I need to heal. And where, where I've healed is where I can bring healing to the world. This is where I build my expertise. But first, as you, I think as you were saying, I need to be vulnerable in that I have to admit that one, this is a problem. Two, I need help in dealing with this problem. I need to be willing to be seen in this thing. Because if I'm busy trying to hide this from the world, well, I mean, people are gonna see it, but I'm certainly not gonna change this thing that's causing me to suffer and be in pain. And so I, I think there's that like groundwork of, if you wanna be seen as an expert and a leader, you put it in the work, you figure out where your healing needs to happen, what pattern am I, am I stuck in and how do I break free from that? Does that feel correct so far? It does. It really does. And I, I just wanted to add, like, what really gave me to this understanding was, like, was being vulnerable today and asking for help around mobility. Like, I can work out and go hard in the paint and, and do all of this physical stuff, but I noticed my body's not moving as well as it used to. And so I hired somebody to help me, and I thought I was going in for a workout today. And what I realized was I'm actually, I actually needed help in becoming more mobile, which is doing some very simple movements that are not simple. They're simple, but not easy for me. And if I want to continue to move better in the workouts, in the things that I like, I need to, I needed to ask for help. And it's this, it's this, you know, a, a friend of mine and she's in her early twenties, but very skilled at what she does. And, you know, it's humbling to be in the presence of someone and barely be able to move and not be able to touch my toes and mm. pick up a kettlebell that's, you know, is maybe five or 10 pounds and be put in vulnerable positions that I can barely hold and my body shaking and yeah. Yeah, especially in front of like a fit woman, right? Like that's, that's like hard to do. It's hard to yeah. be willing to like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna submit to this and be seen in this, in this weakness when as a man, I'm, I'm told constantly that I need to be sh showing up without any weakness whatsoever, no vulnerability at all. But it, it was very liberating too, because I think I've worked on that part of me enough that it, it, it was a little bit challenging. And just to let go of that, like this is, it's practice. Like whether she's my friend or my trainer or my partner or my wife, like to just allow myself to be seen exactly where I am and, you know, in the moment, like here I am just rough, rugged and raw, man. Like I'm not going to pretend I got it all figured out and all together. I came for your help. And if I don't take this mask off and let the armor down, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to have any, 
I'm not going to get a benefit from this. I'm just posturing. Yeah, and I want to I want to dive in here real fast. Uh Warriors, this this piece is important. It'd be really easy to gloss over this. Um but I think from my own experience and from what I've seen inside of Scott, that mentality right there of being willing to be seen in fully messiness is probably one of the reasons why he's also getting featured in the news and being recruited for stuff. Um, I think it takes that level of vulnerability to like, let's say that you, you found that going to therapy was the thing that helped you the most, you the listener. And you're like, okay, well, I'm going to become a therapist. I'm going to help people the same way that I needed help. And you go, you get your degree. And then you're like, it's time to launch a business. In those moments, it can be really easy to be like, who the hell am I to be going into the arena like this? What am I bringing to the table? There are people with 50 years more experience than me. What, what could I possibly do here? And the vulnerability is, I'm going to do it my way, the way that I know best. I'm going to do this and it's, I'm going to make mistakes. It's not going to be perfect. People are going to blame me for fucking it up. And I'm still going to be willing to take my shot here because it's important to me. I see this as necessary for living in a good world. Um, and so I think, I think I, I really like that you started off this conversation with it takes vulnerability. Cause like if you're going to take any of the swings that you, you mentioned, um, if you're going to do anything to establish yourself as a potential expert, you also have to take the risk of establishing yourself as an idiot who's made mistakes. <laughs> no, you're, and I'm glad like listening to you say that had me relax around all of the things that are coming up, like the, the news feature, the, the opportunity to work with the boys and girls club here in, in Western New York. Like I, when I first heard like all, all the opportunities, when you're saying it, I'm like, Holy shit, man. Yeah, who the fuck am I to take this on? And then it's like, you know what? You got to take, I got to take the swing, man. Like if you don't, uh, there's a, I forget what the saying is. Um, I forget it. <laughs> I forget. It's about not, if you don't take the swing, you don't get the opportunity to hit it out of the park or something like that. And I just, it just helped me to relax. You know what? I am going to fuck up. I am going to make mistakes. I, it is going to be messy. And that's part of it. Like that's, that's the move. Like, otherwise you're sitting on the sidelines. You're not, you're not a leader. You're just, I'm a scared little boy afraid to get in the game because I might get hurt or somebody might laugh at me or whatever, but I have the skill set now that, you know what? I don't give a fuck. I'm not concerned with the good opinion of others. People are reaching out and asking for my expertise and I want to stand and rise to help my community, man. If I cower, that isn't going to serve anyone. Um, so I, I really liked what you said there. It really helped me to realize like, you know, yeah, you are going to fuck up and it's okay. And keep going, pick yourself up, dust yourself off and continue forward. Like it's part of the gig of being a powerful leader is you're going to take some shots. You're going to take some hits. It's okay because you're the one that can, you're the one that's resilient enough to get back in the game and do it. You're not going to, you're not going to, um, you're not going to quit. You're not going to give up. You're, you're just going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to fucking blaze this path. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of path blazing, like I'd be, I, th 
I and I think I imagine that like a chunk of our listeners would be really interested in understanding how you went from someone with like, hey, maybe you don't have a reputation for doing men's work to all of a sudden being sort of a representative in your city of like, oh, well, that's if you want men's work, go go to the Buffalo Men's Alliance. Like what what did you do and what would you recommend for someone who's beginning to go on their path? They've done their healing, they've done their learning and growth. And now they're like, hey, I would love I would love to build that reputation, but I don't know where to start. Yeah, man. Great, great question. I, I started in COVID. So there was, I started, I remember the first guy that I met was at a restaurant when things were starting to open up a little bit. Um, first of all, I thought I need support. I want to start a men's group. That was, is the thought thought was the first cause. And then I'm like, all right, how do I do this? Um, it was very grassroots. I just started asking people in the community. I started doing yoga, like, I got involved with like a yoga community. The, the, I started boxing, um, going to the gym. So in all of those places, I started to introduce myself and people would say, Hey, you know, what are you up to? And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. This, and I'm starting a men's group. Is this something you'd be interested in? And so it was like knocking on doors one at a time, one man at a time. I just, Hey, I I've been doing some men's work for a while. I think it's really valuable and important. Um, I want to be around safe, solid men. Is this something you'd be interested in? And, you know, after knocking on so many doors, there were other men that were hungry for this work. And, you know, I found a space. Um, one of the local, one of the small local businesses gave us uh, a space that we could use. And it started from there. Uh, and then, like most recently, we just did our first cohort. And that went pretty well. I got a, a you know, a pretty well-known guy named Trip Lanier from, he runs a podcast called The New Man. And he was paying it forward to us coming into our men's group because David Data, who wrote The Way of the Superior Man, did the same thing for him. So it's been this, it's been, I think, just moving into action in a very grassroots kind of way. And then over time, it's like, when you put a snowball on the top of the hill and you push it down and it just starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, yeah. So that's, what's been going on, man. Got it. Got had a little tiny snowball and just started pushing it down the hill, man. And uh, been getting more support from the community and meeting people. And um, as people started to see what we were up to, they would put us in, in, they would put us in contact with other people. And then people started reaching out to me and, uh, yeah, it's been a beautiful collaboration of just, I think, again, it goes back to vulnerability. I put myself out there saying, Hey, I want to do this. And other people were like, yeah, we want this too. This, this feels valuable. Nobody's doing this in our community. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. I, I think you saying that is bringing up a lesson that I think might be valuable. Like, cause it's, it's of course possible to host events and have people start referring other people over. Um, and then I think the more likely case without any planning is to host an event and then have people be like, eh, it was all right. And like the difference between the two in my own experience, I, I've often found is my willingness to take risks with that group. Like I might look at an exercise and be like, 
well, you know, that's really confronting. I don't know if they're ready for that. Or maybe I'm not ready for that. I don't feel like I'm ready to propose that in front of a group of strangers and be seen in my inner expertise and my mm -hmm. flailing around. And when I think about the results you're getting, I think I also see the echoes of someone who's taken those risks with people. Like, you're giving it to them spicy, probably. You're not holding back in terms of exercises or what you're leading them through. It's probably messy, open, and vulnerable. And that's probably one of the reasons why they're getting the results that they're getting, which is why they're referring you to other people. Does that feel like it maps to what you've been seeing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and it's been, you know, some some people have just dropped out, man. Like this first cohort was interesting. By the end, men were just like, you know, fucking dipping out, man. Like I haven't heard back from them. So it wasn't all, it wasn't all sunshine and ravioli. Like dudes were like, I'm like, Hey, you know, can I get some feedback? Like men definitely got served and people's lives were, they, they did the work and they got the result. Like I'm just creating a space like, and that's enough. Like, and then flailing around and finding our way. But the men that show up, like I'm not the one doing the heavy lifting to, for them to transform their lives. I'm, I'm just creating a space and, and, you know, some sort of curriculum for them to dive deeper into themselves and to start to develop themselves. And some men get a result and some men don't. And I used to take it personally and not personally, but think like I'm responsible for them getting the result. I'm not, I'm not fucking responsible. I'm responsible for creating the space and they're responsible for doing the work. If they don't show up or they drop off, it's like, you know, my responsibility is to me and to show up and uh, I, I do the best that I can. So it's, uh, it maps to my experience and it's, you know, in the beginning, it's fucking ugly, man. It's not like it, it's, there's a lot of conflict and which, which is what I like. Like, I like, I like that shit, man. You know me, Rob. Like, I don't, I, know I you, yeah. uh, fuck the honeymoon phase of the relationship. Nobody's really learning shit then. Like, let's get into, let's get into some conflict and let's resolve it and let's get to the other side of it. And that's like, that's where the rubber meets the road. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, I think this is fascinating because like obviously conflict is something that you get a lot of juice out of and at the same time like hey there's an opportunity on your horizon where it's like hey people are like teach us about conflict resolution so like th there's that interesting overlap there like could you could you speak more about that the overlap of like uh say more say a little bit more yeah, I, I guess what I'm what I think I'm seeing is that like the thing that you're the most enthusiastic about ended up being the thing that people are trying to recruit you for. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Um, sure. So, I, there's a lot of conflict in starting a business in my inside of myself. Like to be able to step into this role as a leader in my community, just to be able to move into action around execution is there's a lot, my nervous system is fucking dysregulated. So having to hold and deal with my own shit and then with other people, there is an overlap. So it starts within me. It's not out there. And the better I can regulate and be with my own shit, the better I'm able to navigate a group of other people. And then, um, you know, and so I'm, I think I'm speaking to what you're asking. Um, and then, yeah. I don't know if I am or not. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'm not sure either. I felt like I had it, like what you were saying. The thing that I, the thing that I am being recruited for is the thing that I like. Yeah, yeah. It seems like you're the most lit up by conflict and conflict resolution. Like, yeah. And somehow that ended up becoming your reputation as well. Like people are like, oh yeah, this guy needs to teach us about this. Yes. Okay. So what you said earlier, I'll circle back that pain, like of divorce in, you know, when I paid attention became my path and now it's my purpose and I do it with passion. Like if I look back into my life, what I didn't have um, access to was being able to um, navigate conflict. And what I noticed is that was, it starts here on in me first. So now that I'm able to do that and hold space for other people and navigate conflict well without being reactive, it's like I, it just, okay, not being able to navigate conflict literally toppled and destroyed my life, destroyed marriages, destroyed relationships with my family, my children, my, the women that I was married to, working and getting a handle on that and becoming good at it now lights me up because like I, I value relationship. It's like the highest value that I have. Like if you were a fly on the wall and you followed me of my life and you followed me around, like it's not only about the nice, nice meeting people and dating and stuff, but it's like when things get sideways and shit goes wrong, like I'm able to stay in that fire and navigate it and help others do the same. So conflict is inevitable inside of all of our relationships. If you're starting a business, if you're married with your kids, wherever it is, wherever you go, you're dealing with people. So being able to be a leader and model working through conflict feels really powerful because it was a pain point for me that really hurt for a very long time. And um, I, I feel like that's kind of getting at it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm, yeah, I feel like I'm getting a fuller map of this. Uh, what, I, what I'm holding in my head right now is the idea that, hey, first there's this thing that causes tremendous pain and disruption in my life. Um, and then at some point, I'll probably be forced to reconcile with that. I'll need to learn how to address that. Um, but it'll create this resonance for me around material that helps me address that. I'll be naturally drawn into stuff, programs, books, videos that help me become an expert in that subject matter. From there, it becomes this thing of joy for me. I enjoy bringing this to the world. And when people witness me inside of that joy, they're like, oh, right, that person should be doing that thing. And they're more likely to want to engage with me about it. If I'm just kind of going through the motions about it and I'm not super jazzed about this thing that I'm up to or pretending to be super jazzed about this thing that I'm up to and I don't have a real, per like a real passion for it, uh, it's not going to be as impactful as dealing with someone who's like, this is what my life's about. This is what I'm up here for. Um, so there's like this whole like 
energy law of attraction thing that I'm seeing here. And as much as I hate the law of attraction and how it's used conventionally, I, I do think that there's something to the idea of when someone is really buoyant and alive about something, it's really pleasant to be around them. Um, and I want to interact with that more. If it happens to be about something that I want to learn or bring to other people, then I'll, I'll pay them money to do that thing. Yeah, that feel that that feels uh, that feels true. Yeah, yep. I was I was in a lot of pain, and I again it goes back to vulnerability. I I had to admit I needed help and to, and wanted to figure it out. And then you know the and it it really is like law of attraction. When I raised my hand and said I need help here, and started to look around, like the right people started to show up in my life to guide me. You know. Um, so yeah, like I said, I'm not doing this alone, man. I've, you've helped me, uh, guys like Jason Gaddis. Like, there's been so many people that have guided me, and I and it does it lights me up. Like, there's nothing I'd rather do than talk about relationships and conflict resolution and watching other people practice it in their own relationships and seeing them get a big result. When I was meeting with the boys and girls club the other day, talking about coming in and training their staff, I thought about how far reaching this is like it, it's not just at the boys and girls clubs with the staff, their staff takes it into their relationships with their friends and family. And it keeps going and going and going and going and going. And it's like, it's like the butterfly effect. And, you know, we get to do that. We get to, you know, share what we love and have an impact on other people. And it's fucking awesome. Man. It's just, it's like I can't. I couldn't think of anything else I'd rather be doing than sharing this, sharing the what caused me the most pain in my life, and now creates the most joy in my life. Yeah, I mean, I, and I'm I'm just getting a download right now from listening to you talk about this. There's like a little hit of like, oh yeah, shit. I'm like in the presence of an expert, and it, it's. It's one, your ability to talk at depth about this one subject matter, but I think it's also like, it's the certainty with which you discuss it. Like, there's a solidity and a stability to the way that you are talking about conflict resolution that has me inherently trust that you know what you're up to. But I feel like that's, it's like born out of passion for the subject matter. Like, like there are probably hundreds of thousands of different ways and books and stuff written on on conflict resolution, but it's it's really like the the delivery of how, like what what that is to you and who you are relative to that that brings that expert energy to bear. Uh, it's it's really interesting seeing it. And I guess I guess an emerging question for me at this point, um, and and I'm sure this is something that a lot of our listeners have run into as well is like when when things aren't snowballing when you've taken your swing and maybe you've missed or like all you're like stuck and like it doesn't feel like anything is going anywhere how do you what do you do how do you bounce back mm, good question man really good question i th what's coming to me right now is um like the the, mm, 
been through a lot of shit, Rob. I've been through, I've been in a lot of pain and, um, like if I look back in my life, I've been pretty resilient. Like I'm, 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 I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep fighting. Like, I, like I'll, I'll get knocked out, but I won't stay down. Like, um, there's this, It, um, there's something in me that just wants to never, I don't know what, I don't even, man, like I just, I don't ever want to give up, man. I know what I, I found what I love to do and I want to share it with the world. And it doesn't matter if I'm doing it inside of a business or if I'm having a conversation with a, with you on a podcast or if it's with the person in the grocery store, like it's, it's really all I want to talk about. It's, I see how much, I see how many people struggle in their own relationships. And I just want to be of service to, to my community and to the world and to help. And so here's what it is now I'm, as I'm saying this stuff and it doesn't feel like I'm making any sense. The sense of it is, is my gift is not for me. Like my gift, our gifts are not for us. They're for others. So if I quit, I'm doing a disservice to all of the people who would have got what I came here to give. Every single human being on this planet is here with medicine inside of them to give to the world, whatever that is in whatever capacity. And if, and if I quit, how could I live with myself mm. knowing that I let all these other people down and I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to let them down and I'm not going to let myself down knowing that that's why I was born into this super gorgeous, handsome, fucking sexy body. <laughs> so if I can put myself aside and, and see the bigger picture, you know, and I don't get me wrong. I fall into a shame pile. I shut down. I go in my room. I draw the blinds. I cry. I, I fucking disassociate. I check out. And then somehow not as I don't stay for as long as I used to, but I just realized like you, you got, you got a mission, dude. You've, you've got, you've got people to serve in this lifetime, man. So get your fucking shit together and let's go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think this is cool to hear about. Cause like for, for me looking at this, there's like this component of it's it's motivation for sure but it, it's almost like like having sufficient love for the thing like and so much that it sort of drowns out any of the other stuff like when i really tap into this thing that i'm enthusiastic about is it more enjoyable for me to, to keep on the journey than to like to give in to the pressure to give up and throw it away um and it sounds like for you you found you found the thing where it's like well, it doesn't matter what happens continuing to pursue this will be the most fulfilling thing yeah yeah and what what's coming up for me is i i'm looking again back into my life 
and I, I I love myself. Like that's the biggest thing. Like I love me, and I, like all of the the bullying, the beatings, the addiction, all, the being lost for so many years, uh, almost dying, being homeless, um, losing relationship with my kids. It's like you know what, through all of that, it taught me to really love myself. And I love myself enough to keep going no matter what. Like, and so the love, you know, I hear this all the time. It's super cliche. You got to love yourself before you can love somebody else. It's the truth, man. I found the, so I found access to my heart and to be able to love at the deepest level I've ever experienced in my life. And in doing so, I want, like, I, I got, it's infinite. It's so, I'm so fucking full. If, what am I going to do with it? I, I want to give it to others. And so the way that I give it to others is through sharing what caused me the most pain that had me disconnected from my heart, that had me disconnected from this, my purpose and passion. Now that I have access to that, that source, it's infinite it's never, it's, there's so much abundance. And that's what I feel in this moment as, as I talk about it, it's like, fuck yeah, come on, let's go, man. I got, you need some, I got plenty. I got a whole dump truck. Let's, let's go. I'm driving around with a big bag full of fucking abundance and I'm in love. And it's like, I'm sprinkling it on everyone. Here you go. With that, with that, but, but it's with the help of all these fucking beautiful people that I met along the way, man. Like, I don't want to discount that. I'm not doing it alone. Like you, my friend, Joanne, like all, like every human being I think I've ever met has been a signpost for me to be at this point. And so I never want to um, like push that to the side. Like I'm so fucking like in this moment, as I'm speaking to you, I feel so much gratitude because there's been so many people who have helped me along the way that I couldn't have gotten to this point without them. And thank you, because I thought I was going to be dead at one point in my life. Like I was so fucked up on drugs and alcohol. I was, I remember I was this close. If the listener could see, I've got my thumb in my index finger and it's not even an inch. That's how close I felt to being done. And now I'm still here and I found something that I'm good at. And I, and I, there's an infinite amount of it to give and like all the things, love, abundance, success. It's not, it has nothing to do with anything external of me. So I found the wellspring inside of myself that everyone has access to. And I'll tell you what, if you can navigate conflict inside of your closest relationships, you're going to feel more powerful and more abundant because you're the leader. And I never felt like a leader. I, I couldn't even lead myself at one point in my life. I was a mess. I could lead myself to the next drink or the next line or the next whatever, but I was leading myself to a path of destruction and death. And now it's like, woo, I came out. Let's fucking go, man. Mm. It's reminding me of this quote, and I, I don't have it exactly in my head, but it's something to the effect of like, first I tried to change the world, but it was too much. So then I tried to change my country and that was still too big. So I went to my city next and I found that that was still like outside of my scope. So then I changed myself. And when I changed myself, I found that I could change my city. And when I changed my city, I found I could change my country and then the world. 
and there's that aspect of well like hey maybe the first step here is you learn to fill your own cup you learn to ask for help when you don't know how to do it yourself and you follow your path like where am i being led right now and as you do that the people the resources the conversations you need to have will emerge and there's kind of just that belief and trust that it will happen but i'm like i think there's familiarity with this space too because when i think about any venture that i've done it's always been just taking the next stab in the dark i think there's the next step over <laughs> here somewhere and i'm just going to I'm just going to try until I find it. And then I find that one solid hold and then I'll pull myself up a little bit more. And then I'll just keep on doing the same thing. And then eventually, eventually you have the thing that you thought you wouldn't have. Yeah, man. And, and I'm curious, like, you know, the way you're talking, you, it sounded like rock climbing. Cause I know you love to do that. And then also you're, you're, you have some new ventures. You're going out into um, real estate, and uh, what was the other one? Oh, co um, increasing like your your oh yeah your coaching practice as well. So you're you know you said that you were you it was like a puzzle, but with a thousand more pieces than what you anticipated. So <laughs> it, it's it's always more than what you think it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you don't know how to you don't know how to get all the puzzle pieces together. Once you lay, I mean, as you're looking at a pile of a thousand pieces on the table, but you're going to figure it out is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it always seems so much easier from the outside. And then you get the thing and it's like, oh, oh there's a lot more moving parts here than I thought. <laughs> yeah, the thought of it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that thing. Yeah, let's go. And then all of a sudden you buy the box and you got a thousand pieces. You're like, fuck, it's daunting. Like, I'm scared. I, it comes up. All the uncomfortable emotions. Like, I actually, I now I got to really do the thing. Yeah. yeah, and I, I usually also have the thought of like, oh, right, I can see why more people don't do this because it's like, oh my God, there's so much stuff here. Um, but I, I do think there's a lot of, and I, I, I think you've kind of hinted at this as well, there's, there's a lot of value in just looking for the next baby step to take. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, I'm not going to solve this today, but today I can write down a checklist of things that I think I need to do in order to meet this goal. And then I'll work through them for the rest of the week. Um, and sometimes, sometimes you just do that for like a few months and then you're at where you need to be. Yeah. Yep. One step at a time, man. The journey of a thousand steps starts with the first one. Yeah. I, I, I find it to be the most valuable. Like when you, like I didn't realize when you take on, some sort of undertaking like what you're taking on and, and what, what I'm taking on, like it really does bring up a lot of uncomfortable stuff, man. And it's, it, yeah, feels really dysregulating a lot of the time. And so it is, it's like, you really have to work on yourself. And as you work on yourself and work problem solve and deal with your emotions, like, and you, you're better able to build your organization because you've worked through all of the, you know, psychological and emotional stuff inside of yourself. And it's like, oh, what's the difference whether we throw in three or four more people, you know, a, a few at, <laughs> let's throw, you know, a few at a time. I'm, 
I like it so much. I like, and I, you know, and, and I, I like working with that inside of myself. So I'm imagining having more to work with only sharpens the skill, more people, more conflict, more conflict, more resilience, bigger muscles. Like it's like the dojo. So as I can take on more inside of myself, I'm able to take on more outside of myself. Yeah, that, that's, that is huge. Um, there's this like very well-known phenomenon in groups, corporations, uh, organizations. Uh, you see it all the time in like kitchens, especially because like the way the chef is, is the way the kitchen is run. It becomes an extension of who they are. And so if, if you got like a Gordon Ramsay and he's just constantly pissed off all the time, you have like the, the, the kitchen environment of like maximum stress. People are like breaking down, like nervous breakdowns all the time mm. because the way Gordon Ramsay is to himself is the way that he is to his staff. And so there's this cascading effect, right? And yeah. I love that you brought that up because it, it's the same thing with any business from what I've seen. Um, and so the, I think that opens up a nice avenue for like you warriors listening right now. Um, okay, yeah, maybe you are building your movement. Maybe you are building your organization. And it really does start within. Um, if, if I'm going to be working with hundreds of thousands of people, what part of me do I need to address first to make room for that? Do I have anxiety in front of people? Am I likely to blame them if they disagree with me? Uh, can I not hold my shit together when I'm in the middle of a conflict because it feels like I'm being attacked? Um, and as you resolve those things, it'll open up new ways for you. you. As your capacity expands, there will be more and more people that you can you can hold with love and compassion in your life. And then if I'm understanding this correctly, that's kind of what you're doing. And that's putting you in the position of a leader by default. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks for that. Like that reflection, that feels true. And that feels like what's happening. Um, for sure. Like I, I just notice inside of my, like my family relationship so much better than it's ever been. Uh, my personal relationships way better. Um, the men that I work with, I, I used to hate, I, I would not be around men ever. I was bullied and beaten up and, you know, the men that I were around were not safe, man. So as a matter of fact, I'll share a nice story. Um, the other day I'm at the gym and you know, there was this big guy, big, muscular, beefy, young, handsome guy, man. And I, I was on the bike, on the assault bike, and I'm doing some my thing. And he walked by and I caught myself judging him uh, in, inside of my own head. He's fucking beefcake or this and that. And I caught myself like, dude, that says nothing about him and a lot about you. You're, you're, why are you judging him? You're, oh, I was jealous. Like dude had a great physique, was jacked, like bigger than me. And I'm like, okay, well, how do you resolve this? First of all, I resolved it by acknowledging that I was judging him. And then the second thing was he walked by and I took the opportunity to tap him on the shoulder and say, Hey man, what's your name? I introduced myself. And I was like, you look fucking phenomenal, man. I just wanted to, and I thought, you know, you look great. And he smiled really big, man. And I just created this connection with him in the moment. And I almost thought, you know what? I, I wish I would have owned that. I was judging him too. I wish I would have led with that. Like, Hey man, you walked by earlier and I, I was judging you. I didn't, 
go that far. But if it, then if that, when that happens the next time, if I am judging someone and I do that again, I am going to let him know like, Hey man, I was judging you. I think you're really handsome. You're fucking big. Tell me more about, and he opened right up and was like super receptive to like sharing his story. And we became friends, man, in that moment. So it was beautiful. It was a be- beautiful experience, man. Um, and it's just taking the lead and owning shit inside of myself and like, Hey man, I'm a fucking human being and I make mistakes and I just want to acknowledge you for being like really jacked and handsome, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and for if you're listening right now and you're, you're running through a pattern that I think I've spotted in myself a lot where it's like, Oh man, I really don't want to do that. It sounds like too much work. Why would I do that? Um, and, and for me, it was always out of fear. Like I, I was worried about the consequences of what would happen if I was that upfront and honest with people about what was going on inside. The reason for doing that, at least one reason I've found, is that when I can discover that that story that I've made up about other people is patently false, I can I can begin to erase a little bit more of the illusion that keeps me away from people. The story that tells me that people are awful and they're like like so vain and arrogant or like they don't, they're racist and they don't care. <laughs> and some people are like that. Like you'll run into one in a hundred who's just like genuinely not a cool human being because they've gone through some really hard stuff and they haven't dealt with any of it. But like most of the time, when I when I take the time to take that risk, what I discover is that people are pretty phenomenal, um, and they've they've got that stank face or that resting bitch face because they're terrified of people too, and they're trying to look hard and like unaffected and stoic. But most people are actually pretty pretty good human beings, and they want his connection. They want connection as much as anyone else, and so. I think the value in what Scott's proposing is like, it's everything. It opens up the world. Like people are everywhere. They're unavoidable. And when we cannot be triggered by them, uh, people are on opportunity too. And I think because Scott's done so much work in that, that arena, like that's the reason why he's getting invited to go onto the news. It's, it's because he's not confronted by people in the same way as everyone else because he put in the time. Um, so I, I know that we're kind of closing in on time here and there's a lot here to work on if, if you want to achieve what it is we've been talking about. From what I can remember, hey, one, do the inner work. Look to see where you've separated yourself from other people. Where am I judging? Where am I hating? And begin to do work on that. Why is this showing up for me? What can I do to resolve this? Two is being vulnerable. I th- um, being willing to be seen, taking a swing, doing something poorly, but doing something that you love and care about deeply and intimately. Um, I think I remember hearing this said before, and it's like, hey, um, what's something that I can do that I'd be proud of myself even if I failed? And so that might be something to take on. Mm. Anything else you want to throw in here in terms of like action steps for our listeners, man? Uh, the only thing that's coming to me is a, it's a quote from now it's in a t-shirt that I have in the, the quote is from Nelson Mandela and it, it keeps popping up for me. I, I never lose. I either win or I learn. 
there's so if I'm afraid to take the swing, it's because I'm gonna I think I'm gonna fail. But what if you can't fail? You can win or you can learn. So if you don't hit it out of the park or you hit a foul ball, whatever the case may be, you're gonna learn from that. So that's what I'm noticing. I used to be so afraid and so debilitated from my emotions, my fear that I would stay on the sidelines. And, and that's why I, I think I was using drugs and alcohol and all these other things because I couldn't deal with the thought of failing. And now I know that I can't fail. There's nothing, there's, there's no, I'm working on busting through the fear. It's like, oh, I'm gonna learn something from this great and this is gonna help me to grow, fantastic. And I'll be able to use that as a resource and a tool to help other people along the way. So that's what I would close with. You, you, you never lose, you either win or you learn. Huge, huge. I, I wanna throw in on top of that as well. When I first heard that quote, I just assumed, oh, well, you know, I'll keep on learning uh, more ways to make a successful business or make more money every single time. Like I'll either get what I want or I'll learn something like a business skill. And what I discovered was the, the quote is definitely true, but the growth can sometimes be a little meandery. Sometimes the growth is, I learn how to be more okay with rejection. So, so sometimes the growth is, I learn to resolve my emotions. And it doesn't seem like it'll have a direct impact on my business until the day that I get a bad review, right? And then instead of trying to tear into this person online because they like slighted me in some way, you know, maybe I actually have a conversation with this human being. I understand why I got a bad review. And maybe they, in resolving their concerns through conflict resolution skills that I learned through Scott, uh, they change their review or they remove it or they update it. Um, and so it's all interlinked. And I, I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of truth to that. Um, so grateful that you brought it up, dude. And I think that's pretty much time. Yeah, man. That, uh, yeah. Great, great conversation, man. I love it. Banger. Dude, that, I, for all the warriors, man, just uh, thanks for coming to listen <laughs> to all the bangers me and Rob have been putting out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are, we are grateful for your time and energy and attention. Those are in limited supply lately. It's, I think it's attention is one of the most sought after resources in the world, and there's so much fighting for it. Uh, so we're glad that you stopped by and took a listen. Yeah, thank you. I'll just piggyback off of what you said, Rob. Super grateful that you guys take the time to come over and listen to us, you know, have these conversations. Uh, thank you. Yeah, we love you. We'll catch you probably next week. Yep. Peace. Peace. <laughs>